This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Chris Gorringe. The Glugs of Gosh by C.J. Dennis. 1. The Glug Quest. Follow the river and cross the ford. Follow again to the wobbly bridge. Turn to the left at the notice board. Climb the cow track over the ridge. Tiptoe soft by the little red house. Hold your breath if they touch the latch. Creep to the slip rails, still as a mouse. Then run like mad for the bracken patch. Worm your way where the fern fronds tall fashion a lacework over your head, hemming you in with a high green wall. Then, when the thrush calls once, stop dead. Ask of the old grey wallaby there, him prick-eared by the woolly-butt tree, how to encounter a glug and where the country of Gosh, famed Gosh, may be. But if he is scornful, if he is dumb, hush, there's another way left, then come. On a white, still night, where the dead tree bends over the track like a waiting ghost, travel the winding road that wends down to the shore on an eastern coast. Follow it down where the wake of the moon kisses the ripples of silver sand. Follow it on where the night seas croon a traveller's tale to the listening land. Step not jauntily, not too grave, till the lip of a languorous sea you greet. Wait till the wash of the thirteenth wave tumbles a jellyfish out at your feet. Not too hopefully, not forlorn, whisper a word of your earnest quest. Shed not a tear if he turns in scorn and sneers in your face like a fish possessed. Hist, hope on, there is yet a way. Brooding jellyfish won't be gay. Wait till the clock in the tower booms three and the big bank opposite gnashes its doors. Then glide with a gate that is carefully free by the great brick building of seventeen floors. Haste by the draper who smirks at his door, straining to lure you with sinister force. Turn up the lane by the second-hand store, and halt by the light bay carrier's horse. By the carrier's horse with the long sad face, and the wisdom of years in his mournful eye. Bow to him thrice, with a courtier's grace. Proffer your query, and pause for reply. Eagerly ask for a hint of the glug. Pause for reply, with your hat in your hand. If he responds with a snort and a shrug, strive to interpret and understand. Rare will a carrier's horse condescend, yet there's another way, on to the end. Catch the 4.30, your ticket in hand, punched by the porter who broods in his box. Journey afar to the sad, soggy land, wearing your shot-silk lavender socks. Wait at the creek by the moss-grown log till the blood of a slain day reddens the west. Hark for the croak of a gentleman frog, of a corpulent frog with a white satin vest. Go as he guides you over the marsh, treading with care on the slithery stones, heedless of night winds moaning and harsh that seize you and freeze you and search for your bones, on to the edge of a still dark pool, banishing thoughts of your warm wool rug. Gaze in the depths of it, placid and cool, and long in your heart for one glimpse of a glug. Crock! Was he mocking you? Crock! Crock! Well, you bought a return, and it's past ten o'clock. 
choose you a night when the intimate stars carelessly prattle of cosmic affairs flat on your back with your nose pointing mars search for the star who fled south from the bears gaze for an hour about that little blue star giving him cheerfully wink for his wink shrink to the size of the being you are sneeze if you have to but softly then think throw wide the portals and let your thoughts run over the earth like a galloping herd bounds to profundity let there be none let there be nothing too madly absurd ponder on pebbles or stock exchange shares on the mission of man or the life of a bug on planets or billiards policemen or bears alert all the time for the sight of a glug meditate deeply on soft goods or sex on caraway seeds or the causes of bills biology art or mysterious wrecks or the tattered white fleeces of clouds on blue hills muse upon ologies freckles and fog why hermits live lonely and grapes in a bunch on the ways of a child or the mind of a dog or the oyster you bolted last friday at lunch heard you no sound like a shuddering sigh or the great shout of laughter that swept down the sky saw you no sign of the wide milky way then there's naught left to you now but to pray sit you at eve when the shepherd in blue calls from the west to his clustering sheep then pray for the moods that old mariners woo for the thoughts of young mothers who watch their babes sleep pray for the heart of an innocent child for the tolerant scorn of a weary old man for the petulant grief of a prophet reviled for the wisdom you lost when your whiskers began pray for the pleasures that he who was you found in the mud of a shower-fed pool for the fears that he felt and the joys that he knew when a little green lizard crept into the school pray as they pray who are maddened by wine for distraction from self and a spirit at rest now deep in the heart of you search for a sign if there be naught of it vain is your quest lay down the book for to follow the tale were to trade in false blame as all mortals who fail and may the god salve you on life's dreary round for tis whispered who finds not tis he shall be found end of book one two joy the glug the glugs abide in a far far land that is partly pebbles and stones and sand but mainly earth of a chocolate hue where it isn't purple or slightly blue and the glugs live there with their aunts and their wives in draught-proof tenements all their lives and they climb the trees when the weather is wet to see how high they can really get the prey don't forget this is chiefly done when the weather is wet and every shadow that flits and hides and every stream that glistens and glides and laughs its way from a highland height all know the glugs quite well by sight and they say our test is the best by far for a glug is a glug so there you are and they climb the trees when it drizzles or hails to get electricity into their nails and the glug that fails is a luckless glug if it drizzles or hails 
Now the Glugs abide in the lands of Gosh, and they work all day for the sake of Splosh. For Splosh, the first, is the nation's pride, and the king of Glugs on his uncle's side. And they sleep at night for the sake of rest, for their doctors say this suits them best. And they climb the trees, as a general rule, for exercise when the weather is cool. They're taught at school to climb the trees when the weather is cool. And the whispering grass on the gay green hills, and every cricket that skirls and shrills, and every moonbeam gleaming white, all know the glugs quite well by sight. And they say it is safe, it is the test we bring, for a glug is an awful glug-like thing. And they climb the trees when there's sign of fog, to scan the land for a feasible dog. They love to jog through dells in quest of a feasible dog. The Glugs eat meals three times a day because their fathers ate that way. Their grandpa said the scheme was good to help the Glugs digest their food. And tis wholesome food the Glugs have got, for it says so, plain, on the tin and pot. And they climb the trees when the weather is dry to get a glimpse of the pale green sky. We don't know why, but they like to gaze on the pale green sky. And every cloud that sails aloft, and every breeze that blows so soft, and every star that shines at night all know the glugs quite well by sight. For they say, our test, it is safe and true, what one glug does, the other glugs do. And they climb the trees when the weather is hot, for a bird's-eye view of the garden plot. Of course it's rot, but they love that view of the garden plot. At half-past two, on a Wednesday morn, a most peculiar glug was born. And later on, when he grew a man, he scoffed and sneered at the chosen plan. It's wrong, said this glug, whose name was Joy. Bah, said the glugs, he's a crazy boy. And they climbed the trees as the west wind stirred, to hark the note of the guffer bird. It seems absurd, but they're foolishly fond of the guffer bird. And every reed that rustles and sways by the gurgling river that plashes and plays, and the beasts of the dread neurotic night all know the glugs quite well by sight. And why, say they, it's easily done, for a dexter glug's like a sinister one. And they climb the trees, oh, they climb the trees, and they bark their knuckles and chafe their knees. And tis one of the world's great mysteries that things like these get into the serious histories. End of Book Two